0: Go with me in your Bibles. Just flip them back and forth if you'd like, but it would be worth seeing in the Gospel of Luke. The 23rd chapter, the 46th verse. Just to see, I'm going to read three Scriptures to you back to back, and then we'll dive into the message. But I want these to really sink in this morning. Gospel of Luke, the 23rd chapter, the 46th verse. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, He said, Father, into Your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, He breathed His last. Look over to the next book to the Gospel of John, the 19th chapter, the 30th verse. It puts it this way. He said, It is finished. And bowing His head, He gave up His spirit. Then the writer to the Colossians, the Apostle Paul, in the second chapter of Colossians starting at the 13th verse. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation this morning up to the 15th verse. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed, say disarmed. disarmed. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. Jesus the champion a showdown at calvary amen <laughs> it's good you know pastor phil mentioned that the series that we're going to bring to you over the next two sundays today and next sunday and i i'm just so moved uh, to, to share a message on the cross and it was a, a, a tall order uh, that is weighed heavily on me today so i just ask for your, uh, your prayers to deliver this very clearly and so that it will have the effect that it should. Good Friday's coming up. And uh, common characteristics of the day that so many of us are familiar with, over the course of the last 2,000 years in church history, Good Friday has become a day of, of penance and a day of sorrow and almost a day in which the world looks at the church to share in the sufferings of Christ. But an interesting thing is, it has not been secularized like Easter. Hmm. We tend to celebrate, as we should, the, the day of resurrection, but it has become very much a secular holiday. But stop for a moment with me and think about what will happen this coming Friday all over the world. Corporations will count it, many of them, as a holiday. hope you have the day off. Ten states in the country will consider it a state holiday. Huge church services will gather all over the world to recognize the crucifixion. Religious movies and TV programs will air on network television. In a world that seems to have moved so far from God, on this coming Friday, that same group of people will make more than a small effort to move toward God by commemorating the most pivotal moment in human history. Not with Santa Claus on Christmas, not with the Easter Bunny, not with the turkey on Thanksgiving, but the crucifix with our Savior as the only icon that we look toward for Good Friday. His broken body, his sufferings, his shame, his blood, his bruises. Our perfect Savior and the perfect debt that was paid is the icon For Good Friday. See, because Good Friday is our first indicator of Jesus the champion. World history is filled with battles and with wars and blood is shed, lives are lost, often for good causes. And land is often desecrated by strife and unrest. But think about this. History has proven time and time and time again that when the right side wins the war, Liberty and peace then become a reality. Hmm. Yes. The price is tremendous, but the reward is invaluable. That's what happened on Good Friday. The saddest day on the Christian calendar. Extreme suffering, punishment, and torment placed on one man, the God-man. Yes. But victory was won, and the world was changed forever. Hmm. Yes. Amen? amen amen we can't overemphasize the issue of sin that had to be addressed and I, I call this for the purposes today as a Jesus the champion the first major blow see the cost of Adam and Eve's failure was so much more than just a pattern of bad behavior and poor choices sure. the price was sickness and suffering the price was aimless lives without purpose. The price was mankind being cut off from an unobstructed relationship with the Mm -hmm. Creator. In other words, we often hear the term the sin question. This was more like a sin exclamation. Mm -hmm. The cry of human hearts that had been created in the likeness and in the image of God that simply could not live up to their potential because of this great gap between them and their Creator that sin had built. Yeah. It's a major theme of the Old Testament dealing with this sin exclamation. Laws and rituals and offerings and sacrifices. And blood, 17th chapter of Leviticus that you know so well in the 11th verse says for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls for it's the blood that makes atonement for the soul and thus it begins a sacrificial system that requires more and more blood to address more and more sin pushing back and never washing away appeasing but never satisfying mm-hmm. checking a box but never changing the condition mm-hmm. of the person offering the sacrifice mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a better sacrifice was needed. Yeah. that's right. mm-hmm. I uh, can't help but wonder what the scene must have been like when Jesus arrived there. The sin exclamation had led to a dismal, dismal scenario. Thousands of years of pushed back sin. Intentional sins, unintentional sins, the unthinkable sins to the common sins. These had created a situation that's even hard to fathom. And here we stand on Passover, on the big feast day in the afternoon hour when thousands of Jewish Jewish believers would gather and lambs would be sacrificed one right after another. And one rabbi said the blood would run so heavy. Even on the day of Good Friday. The blood would run so heavy on the temple floor that they could reach down with cups and scoop up cups of lamb's blood as it worked its way through the floor of the temple, ankle deep down the steps of the temple and into the street. Pools of blood. Mm -hmm. We hear that and we think, boy, that's sure an antiquated idea. But you and I were not exempt. You and I were in no better condition than those who were standing there with a year's worth of sins and a whole cart full of lambs and ankle deep in blood. But at the exact same time on that Passover evening sacrifice, on the first Good Friday, after all the lambs had been slaughtered, then the sacrifice was presented for you and for me. Mm-hmm. The writer to the Hebrews says he didn't enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that their outwardly clean, but how much more will the blood of Jesus Christ, who yes. through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God, yes. cleanse our consciences from acts that yes. lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Yes. John said He's the atoning sacrifice for our sin, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole World. He also said to Timothy, there's one God, there's one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man, Christ, Jesus, Mm -hmm. he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Mm -hmm. This is the message God gave to the world. Listen close. At just the right time. Mm -hmm. At just the right time. With not just the weight of those sins from the past up to that moment, but at just the right time with the weight of my sins, with the weight of your sins, with the weight of the sins of the whole world. Think, from the very first action, that very first sinful deed that put a degree of separation between man and God up through... The chronicles of time, thousands of years, all the way to the last deed that you did mm. to put a degree of separation between you and God. Yes. Mm. yes. Multiply that times however million billions of people have walked the earth mm. since the Lord bore our sin. The terrible weight of sin that separated us from God but when perfect blood was presented mm-hmm. it looked like defeat but in reality it was victory the first big blow prophet Isaiah some 700 years before the cross points out a few other blows that Jesus the champion was faced with and, and this is a uh, Worth your time to turn with me to the great fifty-third chapter of Isaiah, and let's look at a few verses here. I'm starting at the second verse and reading all of these out of the New King James. It's because they're most familiar. Fifty-third verse of Isaiah, the fifty-third chapter, in the second verse, seven hundred years before the cross. Mm. Isaiah has this beautiful and perfect vision of what the Messiah's sufferings would look like and the devastating punches that he would face for you and for me. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty. We should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. We didn't esteem him. The blow of rejection. How many of you have felt rejection at some time in your life? The fourth verse says, surely he's borne our grief. Surely he's carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes, hallelujah, we are healed. The blow of sickness, the blow of chaos, the blow of disorder, everything contrary to peace began to pile upon his perfect shoulders. One right after another. The eighth verse says he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. That's the blow of being totally alone. The blow of being totally forsaken. And we'd be foolish if we didn't acknowledge the power of these forces. Even in our own lives. Right now, rejection, sickness, disorder, loneliness, being forsaken. It's real, but here's the point. By facing the blows head on, straight forward, eye to eye, with all of their weight in the fullness of their strength resting upon him, by facing this with such resilience, the Lord disarmed their power. Yes, Yes, that's right. Their forces were temporary, understand this, but his victory was permanent. Mm -hmm. It's like facing an enemy, walking into enemy fire that is so much greater than you are. Walking head first into that enemy fire and eventually they run out of ammunition. Mm They keep firing, they keep firing, they keep firing, but when the battle's over, the battle's over because they don't have anything else to come at you with. That's the point here. When the army's captain goes in on behalf of the army, And he faces everything that the enemy can throw at him. And when he comes out of that victorious, the whole army receives the full benefit of his victory. When the captain went in behind enemy lines and disarmed the powers as they applied to him, he also disarmed the powers as they applied to you and me. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good. So what was the big blow? Well, it's the same big blow that threatens you and me today. By hanging there on the cross, so obediently, so humbly, not calling on 10,000 angels, not resuming the full authority of his Godhood, but by hanging there in total and utter humiliation, naked, bleeding, and under the weight of... Of sin, under the weight of rejection, under the weight of sickness, under the weight of loneliness and forsakenness. By hanging there in that condition, the most beautiful person to ever have walked the face of the earth, he then makes a pronouncement to the world, the flesh, and the devil hit me with your best shot. <laughs> and it was death the same best shot that psychologists call the fear that drives us. Mm -hmm. The majority of people are scared to death of dying. If not what happens after death, the process of getting to death, Mm -hmm. the shock of being near death, the uncertainty that surrounds it, The best shot for Jesus is the same best shot that threatens us, that drives our fears, that motivates us to action. So when Jesus hangs there and faces the major blow, the death threat of all time, He's telling you not to fear it. Think about it. In the same way your sin has been washed away and you're confident of such. In the same way your rejection, your sickness, your torment has been dealt with by perfect blood on Calvary. Mm -hmm. So has the fear of death and dying. Mm -hmm. When he hung there so obediently, he took it. Mm -hmm. The best shot on behalf of you, on behalf of me, as if he was proving his own words to Martha in the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John when he says, Martha, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life, he who believes in me, though he may die, he'll live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, he asks. So I ask you, do you believe this? Hit me with your best shot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll say this in closing. Victories have consequences for the losing side. And the consequences here are kind of hard to imagine. When you think the leaders of the government, the religious zealots of the time that didn't understand him or his mission or any of the work that he had been called to do, the angry mob that had screamed out, Crucify Him. And yes, even the powers of hell that were banking on sin for an eternity of condemnation. When all of these efforts are compounded against Him, the initiative is to take care of the disruption He had caused, to take care of the questions He had raised, and most importantly, to do away with the beautiful message that He preached. Yes. But when that spear went into his side, all of this, they think, is completely eradicated and canceled once and for all. His message, his agenda, his love, his questions, the disruption that came in response to his ministry. It's over, they thought. When the spear went into his side, But what they didn't see coming, the spear went into his side and blood and water gushed out. And the scripture says he gave up his spirit. When he released his spirit, when he released his blood, when he released the water of his life, it made a way for millions of Christians all over the world, un, just infinite numbers of millions of believers who would bear the name Christian and 2,000 years later to still preach that beautiful message to not be content until they did the greater things that He did to love Him, to serve Him, to seek Him, and to wait for His return to the earth. They didn't get the last draw. When the spear went in, you and I, and the life for the church came out. Mm. To do away with one man, even though we know what the message next Sunday will be, but to do away with one man made way for millions and millions and millions of more, millions and millions more, to carry His name, to carry yeah, His yes. message, and to walk in the power of the Spirit that He gave up mm. so that we could experience. Yes. Yes. Now, does that sound like defeat to you? Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a victory. Yeah, amen. Jesus, the champion. Uh, whether you've never accepted this gift, whether this is all new to you, or whether you've been a Christian for 50 years, today I want to ask you the same question. Are you walking in the fullness of the victory that was won for you on the cross? I mean the fullness of it. And I'm On my prayer list for this year, I've tried to pray daily, that I would understand the fullness of what the blood of Christ, the perfect blood of Jesus Christ means for my life. And I'll ask you the same question. Yes. Are you under the weight of past mistakes and guilt? Are you paralyzed by fear? Are you dealing with addictions or bondages or habits that you just can't break? Are you feeling forsaken and lonely because of broken relationships and inner turmoil? Or are you feeling as if you have no purpose? I'm asking you, are you walking in the fullness of the prize of the championship? If you're not, I'll tell you, as a soldier in the army of the Lord, and you are, if you've signed up, you're in. As a soldier in the army of the Lord, your captain has faced the greatest conflict in human history, and he won. Yes, yes. He fought the greatest forces, the enemy, so they could be disarmed, and you wouldn't have to. Yes. The benefits of his victory are yours. The benefits of his victory are mine. The benefits of his victory are the answer to the problems with the human condition today, yesterday, and as long as this earth spins on its axis. Jesus the champion has done everything that needs to be done so that you don't just walk toward heaven, but you walk through this life toward heaven victoriously. That's the reward of the victory. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask You by Your Spirit, Lord, to simply move upon every heart, upon every mind, even upon the souls of people who are listening and watching this morning. Lord, we can't just thank You enough. Jesus, just to hear it again, just to hear the story again, is mesmerizing. its mesmerizing. It comes without comprehension And when we say thank you, it doesn't quite seem like enough. Mm -hmm. But Lord, that's all we've got. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Yes, God. Yes, God. God. Every bruise, every scar, every wound, every blow, every weight, Lord, we thank you you for it. I'm asking, Lord, by your spirit that you would awaken in us a new awareness of just what your blood being appropriated to our lives means. Mm -hmm. The door that has been opened for relationship with you. The door that has been opened for a life that is with God. The fact that the weight of sin bore by Him meant that the weight of our sins is washed away. There ain't no use in us bearing it anymore. He's already done it. So thank You, Lord. The life that we live now, just as the writer of the Hebrews, the, the, the letter to the Hebrews said so beautifully, we have now with the blood appropriated to our life, it's not just an outward sanctification, but also an inward sanctification that we live as a result of your blood being shed abroad in our hearts. So Lord, we pray for a new knowing of just what that means. Mm -hmm. May you supernaturally apply it afresh and a new and brand new Thinking into the way our thoughts work, Lord, to know that our minds can be and should be painted with the blood of Calvary. Lord, we thank You for this yes, gift. Jesus, yes. Thank You for what You've done. Yes, In Jesus' name, yes. Amen. Yes. If you're watching today and you never accepted this gift, I pray that yes. you would. Jesus. Just reach out there and accept it to acknowledge that He bore your sins means you're acknowledging that you've got some sins Mm -hmm. to deal with Mm -hmm. by acknowledging that he has paid the price you're acknowledging that there's a price to be paid Mm -hmm. when you come to him with repentance and realize that that is our condition we realize that Jesus paid it all yes all to him i owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow let him do that for you this morning